Welcome to the Equus Farm Calls, where we take horse owners along with us to discuss important topics on equine health and care with industry experts. Today, we're going to talk to Dr. Diane McFarlane about senior horse management. The Equus Farm Calls podcast is brought to you in 2022 by Farnham. I'm Kim Brown, group publisher of the Equine Health Network. Dr. McFarlane, our guest today, is a veterinarian. She's a specialist in internal medicine with a PhD in equine endocrinology. Her research focuses on understanding the biological changes that accompany animal aging. She's well known for her work in equine endocrine diseases, such as Cushing syndrome, which you might also know as PPID, and equine metabolic syndrome, or EMS. Dr. McFarlane recently took on the role as the Chair of Large Animal Clinical Sciences at the University of Florida's College of Veterinary Medicine. Before that, she spent 16 years at Oklahoma State University's College of Veterinary Medicine. Welcome, Dr. McFarlane. Thank you, Kim. It's great to be here. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you on the Equus Farm Calls podcast about our senior horses, because I know every time we do any surveys, and I know looking out in my field, that we all have senior horses. I mean, that's just who we are and, and what's going on. Even if you're a competitor, you've probably got some horses that are getting up there in age a little bit. But my question to start out is, when is a horse a senior? Oh, that's a great question. And I think it's a question that is going to differ for every horse. So there's really not a number. And I think we know this both from looking at people and looking at horses, that some horses are going to age faster and they will look older, maybe when they hit, start looking older, when they hit their late teens. And then you have those other horses that look fabulous until they get into their late 20s. So I think the more critical thing is how they're biologically aging. So their individual health changes rather than an actual chronological number. I tell people to start really looking for those changes as they hit their late teens, but don't be surprised if you have one that looks just fine and needs nothing different in their management until they get in somewhere in their 20s. Yeah, and I'm, I'm my old boy uh, that I've got now, he turns 22 this year, bless his heart, and uh, mentally he's really good, but I know there are just some common things that aging horses face, like arthritis. So, I mean, what are some of these common things that that we just need to, as horse owners, look out for? Well, you've already hit on the big one, I think, and that is that as the horses get older, just like you or I, joints get a little creakier. It's a little harder to warm up and exercise and cool down. Um, so as far as all of performance things, you just need to take into account that they're not as, as supple as they are. Sup- they're not as able to bend and move and exercise as well as they once were. Um, so as far as managing that, those orthopedic problems, a lot of it is just how you exercise. Um, and then also using drugs as needed, non-steroidals, to keep our animals very comfortable. I think that's our goal is quality of life. Other things that are very common in aging, we know in our horses, their teeth grow throughout their entire life. And when they get to be older, they have minimal roots left in their teeth. And that means that they are susceptible to having loose teeth. So having those teeth checked by your veterinarian on a regular basis to be sure that there's everything's healthy in the mouth, being sure that they're being floated so that nothing's causing pain in their mouth when they eat um, and taking good dental care is another thing that all horses as they age um, should have as part of their management program. 
nutrition changes. And so you can see a lot of weight loss and they'll lose some muscle mass. The fancy name for losing muscle when you're older is sarcopenia. And people do it as well as horses. That's just part of normal aging is that muscle starts to get lost over time. And so we want to be sure that we're watching weight, body condition score, and we shoot to have them at that kind of optimal four to five out of nine body condition score. And so we may have to address nutrition and change their nutrition as they get older, both, both because their teeth aren't going to be able to do what they used to. And then also because they often become more of a weight loss type animal than a weight gain animal like they tend to be in middle middle ages so those are some of the big things we're going to see as the horses get older okay and what about just maybe some of the diseases of older horses i mean what what should we look for besides these really common things so really in our horses, the most common diseases we see with age are endocrine diseases. And so that means hormone dysregulation. So the one that we think of associated with our older horses as being the most common dysfunction of hormones is the disease that you mentioned in the introduction, uh, PPID, which used to be called equine Cushing's disease. And this is a disease that um, is causes hormones to be overexpressed or over um, released from their glands, their pituitary glands. And it can cause a, a whole plethora of different clinical signs, but the most unique and the most um, common clinical sign we see is changes in hair coat. So your horse used to get nice and shiny early in the spring. Um, the hair coat got shut out completely and now as they're getting older you notice that they're a little slower to shed or they don't shed completely they keep hairs guard hairs down on their their lower limbs or maybe along their um their uh, belly around their chins another place you might see them shed a little bit low or slow sometimes the hair coat color changes a little bit and it becomes a little bit lighter so that might be another sign the Horses that have PPID also will start to lose some weight, mostly muscle mass. And you'll see that along their top line and um, the muscles of their rump where they'll start to lose it faster than your other older horses. So you think, oh, they're getting old, but you think, oh, they're getting old really fast. <laughs> that might be a sign that your horse actually has PPID, this hormone dysfunction. And how do we, if we're, we're looking at our horse and we think, ah, you know, spring's coming up and I've, I've had, I've owned these horses. We all have. Right. And, and you're like, okay, well, old Dusty's not shutting out really well this year. How do we, how do we determine if it's really PPID or if it's just, you know, he's just hanging on a little later. So trying to, to determine whether or not you just have an aging horse or a horse that's aging that has a disease now, PPID requires two things. One is the clinical signs changing, and that means that you've noticed they're shedding later and they're not shedding well. They're losing muscle mass. Sometimes they get a little bit quieter. Um, their behavior changes, and that's really a good clue in a pony. Some of those little rotten ponies that all of a sudden get sweet, that's actually sometimes disease and not just getting older and wiser. There is a diagnostic test and that can be done by your veterinarian. And what we do is we measure the hormone that gets dysregulated, and that's ACTH. In a lot of horses, it's just a single blood sample and we measure that hormone. 
And if it's high, that suggests that they do have PPID. There's a second test that can be done in the horses that are a little bit harder to diagnose. And in that disease, we actually give a little um, injection of what's called TRH. It's a small chemical that'll stimulate the hormones to be released. And we can see if they're over-releasing the hormones. And so your vet can do those. There are some issues with when we do it in the course of the year, because in the fall, it can be difficult to make the diagnosis. So a lot of times, to me, the best time to address this in the horse is in the spring. You'll be looking at whether they're shedding well. It's a good time to measure hormones. The only time that you want to maybe not wait and you want to get right on making a diagnosis of this disease is when they also are having issues with laminitis. Which brings me to the second disease that we see as the horses start. Um, they can get this in middle age, but they can also get this throughout the later half of their life. And that is in our horses that are overweight. And now I've switched to EMS, the second endocrine disease or hormone dysfunction that we see commonly in horses. So if you have a horse that is showing signs of not shedding well or muscle mass loss, and you're starting to notice that they're sore on their feet, we don't want to wait for a diagnosis. That is actually a critical problem. If the horse gets laminitis or founders, that can be life-threatening. So that's a case where you want your vet out right away to make a decision as to whether that horse needs more treatment. Keep your horse happy and healthy and get rewarded with free products at the same time. Farnham Horse Health Products and Vitaflex Pro are proud to celebrate the partnership between you and your horse. So they created the Horse Care Loyalty Rewards Program. It's their way of giving back and provides an opportunity for you to earn complimentary, full-size supplements, fly control, and grooming products that you use regularly. Receive one free product for every five purchased at any online or local retail store. View a complete list of eligible products at horsecareloyalty.com. Enroll today and start earning your rewards. And I know that uh, I've had experience with this with with one of my horses. And, you know, the first thing you do is you want to bring the farrier in. But sometimes we, we as horse owners might not put A, B, and C together to say, oh, I need to call my vet. And I have recognized over the years that I I think I'm going to call my vet first if I'm, you know, and I'm going to sit back and say, okay, what have I noticed? Oh, yeah, she was a little later shedding out this spring, and she's been a little tender-footed, and I just brought her in off the grass, thought maybe, you know. But after you start putting all this together, it's like, yeah, get the vet out quick. So it's a triad of people who have to be working on these horses. You, the owner, needs needs to do exactly what you just said. Be trying to watch these changes over time because both EMS and PPID are progressive diseases. They occur slowly over time. And sometimes it's hard to recognize because it's not like you wake up on Tuesday and your horse has long hair. It happens slowly over time. So if you notice that the, the trajectory of how they change has has is not the same as it was when they were younger so they are losing weight faster they're losing muscle weight faster they're not shedding as well that's something the owner's going to notice better than anybody else your farrier is watching those feet 
they are going to have the best idea of how the how the soles looking, how the hoof rings are looking, how the foot is as far as being sore. So you want the barrier um, on board as well. But you're absolutely right. If these things are kind of all showing up at the same time, you don't want to put off your veterinary visit because there are things we want to do and medications we want might want to put the horse on to try to drop the hormones. The hormone we're most worried about when the feet are involved and we have EMS and laminitis, that hormone is actually insulin. And we all know insulin's part of how we deal with sugar that we get from the diet. And in horses, when insulin gets high and stays high, that puts them at at high risk for developing laminitis. So we've got to make changes in their diet and do that right away. And we may want to actually also um, put them on some drugs. So we change management, we change diet, we work very hard and aggressively at getting that insulin down. And the big thing we need to do for that is get the sugar out of their diet because the sugar drives the insulin. The other thing that really helps horses that are having high insulins, and these are going to be horses that either have a history of being overweight or are overweight 99% of the time. The other thing that really helps them get that insulin down is exercise. So as an owner, you need to be honest with yourself. And this isn't easy. And you need to say, is my horse fat? And it's not an easy thing to admit, but if your horse is overweight, you need to aggressively go after that before their feet become a problem. Because if you can change the diet and exercise the horse, you're going to be much more successful. And I don't mean that you need to go out necessarily and do a cross country or an endurance ride. I mean, you need to take a half an hour and get them out and do some walking, trotting five days a week. Um, and that's really going to help them as far as getting their metabolic rate working in their favor and getting them to burn those calories. And, and that can work for anything you have. I, I rescued a miniature donkey years ago, and we all know that they're pretty much air ferns anyway. Right. And when I was starting to get a little bit of worry because of, you know, the crusty neck that those donkeys can get, she started having to learn to pony and she didn't like it very much. But while I was riding and exercising my my other horses, my ranch horses, sometimes she would just have to go along for the, the trip. And, you know, that was something that you had suggested and it seemed to have worked really well for her. Absolutely. And I know people love to love their animals with food. And I'd suggest cut the food down, get the sugar out and love them with some exercise and spend time with them and have that time trying to get them moving. So there's other ways to um, really spend quality time other than feeding. And um, the other thing is when you cut the food down, management wise, if you can slow down how they eat, they will not be as disgruntled with you because you've cut their food down. So any kind of slow feeders, multiple small aliquots of their food throughout the day, if you're able to do that with your schedule, um, hay nets, um, anything that slows them down as far as eating will help them behaviorally not get really grumpy because you've cut their diet down significantly. And if you have a horse that is at risk of laminitis, 
you need to get them off the pasture. Yep. They need to come off entirely. And I know people don't like doing that, but laminitis is a horrible disease. It's a scary disease and it's life threatening. And so really until you have them controlled and you'll know they're controlled because their insulin that will get measured will come back down and you'll see some weight loss until you have them controlled. You really need them off the pasture a hundred percent. Yeah, that's um, and, and you can make rather large dry lots with electric fence. Just let me just share that with all Absolutely. of our listeners as a mayor that, owner of a mayor that had PSSM type one and a lot of other issues, uh, metabolic syndrome. So yeah, she basically didn't graze. And it's a, as an owner, it just breaks my little horse owner heart, but that was what was best for her because she had episodes and she was at high risk. And it's just, it, it, sometimes we have to do what's best for the horses. Our job as stewards. Absolutely. And it may be, sad when we can't put them out on pasture um, to graze all this nice pretty green grass and we feel guilty because we're not giving them the sweet feed that we think that they love if you've ever had a horse who's had severe laminitis you know that that is far more heartbreaking for you to have to watch and so horrible for the horse so you really need to weigh um, quality of life issues in these horses and the best quality of life is going to be having nice, healthy feet and having that diet be managed. Yeah. And that's true. And let's, let's maybe talk about the immune system in general, because we know that in humans, they're learning a lot about the immune system. And I know we're, we're learning a lot in horses too. And this fascinates me that there are ways that we know this is going to happen and, and we need to kind of address that as horse owners. So there's been a lot of work being done in um, both the immune system as you age and how it becomes less efficient at doing its job. And then also how it becomes a little bit out of control. And so you get more inflammation um, from your own immune system as you're older than you did when you were younger. That's called inflammaging. And studies on horses have shown that they do both lose they become a little bit immunosuppressed but it's very mild and most of the time you won't see them become more susceptible to diseases people do it much more than horses do horses are pretty good agers but they do certainly see the inflammation or the inflammaging as we like to call it that occurs with age that's a little bit more pronounced in the older horse compared to the immunosuppressive state. So we wanna go ahead and be sure that we're still vaccinating our older horses, especially if the older horse is living in a barn where there's travel of the other horses. So if you still have some show horses that are coming on, um, going on and off, I would certainly manage the older horse as if it's more susceptible to diseases and try to keep them a little isolated from those traveling horses. Um, I would definitely go ahead and have them vaccinated. We do know when there's a novel disease that comes through, the older horse is still more susceptible. So back, gosh, I, I don't really have a fix of how long ago this was, but maybe 20 years ago when West Nile virus first came into the United States, the older horses were more susceptible if they weren't vaccinated, but they did well once we got them vaccinated at being protected. So keep up those vaccinations, be sure their nutrition is good because a lot of the 
nutrients that we um, give them in their um, feeds, like for example, selenium, if you're in a selenium deficient area, can help their immune system. And then watch for signs of inflammaging, which would be inflammatory responses. And so that can contribute to perhaps our arthritis that we see and some of the other diseases. It can contribute, we believe, to um, the EMS problem um, because fat is also causes inflammation. So if you have fat in an older horse, now you have two things driving inflammation and that can cause some of our problems that we see in this whole cycle of obesity, laminitis, and PPID. So they all kind of link together and the older they get, the more at risk they are for these diseases because their own system isn't as adaptable. And so a really good definition of biological aging is the loss of adaptability to change. You're just not as good as getting everything set in an optimal place. It's longer for you to recover. It's a little harder if you're exposed to pathogens or disease. Um, And so it's just a little harder for you to maintain. And so that's why we want to really work at good management good observation and being at the front end of disease because it's a little harder to recover when your horse is older. You want to recognize things early. So that's why we want to be looking at things like, are their feet okay? Are they in optimal body condition? Are their teeth being well-maintained? Are they looking a little creakier than they used to be? Are they losing muscle mass? Um, All those things, because I think the management and the observation are the key things. And then when things aren't looking good, getting your veterinarian out sooner rather than later. When you've got an old, an old horse, you don't have as much cushion to wait and see because they're not going to bounce back as well. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you can think of that, um, and I, I realized that we could have a podcast or books or whatever on each one of these topics, but we just kind of wanted to do a, a, a refresher and a reminder. Is there anything else you think we should talk about with horse owners on managing their, their older horses? Um, no, I would just say that I think the goal should be to keep those older horses out moving and working and active. Our goal isn't just to get the number as high as we can. So they've lived to 40. And the goal should be to have a long health span rather than lifespan. And so we want them as healthy as they can can be for as long as they can be. And um, I will throw one thing out as kind of a last thought, but if you have a horse that's getting up in age and it's starting to really show signs of aging, you do need to give some thought to end of life care. So be thinking about what you're going to do when the time comes. Talk to your veterinarian as far as euthanasia, when the time comes, so that you're not out there trying to make decisions at a moment that is difficult. So end-of-life care is best done when it's not eminent. It's not, you're not right there at that moment. So think about um, those things, what you're going, what you, what your plans are, who needs to be there, what you plan to do, and talk to your veterinarian so that they're brought in as well. And so that's kind of sort of a downer for the last part. But I think just like having good preventative care, having a plan makes everything 
a lot easier when the time comes. Because when you're talking about old horses, the end of the story is always going to be the end. And so trying to not be surprised or ill-prepared, I think, makes it a much better transition. Yeah, and, and that discussion with your veterinarian can help you understand the the medical side as well as your emotional side. So I, I think that is actually a really good way to talk about um, how we as, as horse owners are good stewards of our horses for their entire lives, no matter their age. So thank you, Dr. McFarlane. We really appreciate you joining us today. And thanks to our guests for listening to the Equus Farm Calls. We're really excited to launch this podcast in 2022, and we welcome your input and hope you'll tell your friends about it. If you have suggestions or comments, feel free to contact me at kbrown, that's the letter K, brown, at equinenetwork.com. Equus Farm Calls is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network, LLC.